This is the Growlers Nation podcast, the official podcast of the Newfoundland Growlers. And now here's your host, Growlers play-by-play voice, Chris Ballard. Happy New Year, Growler fans. Welcome back to the Growlers Nation podcast, the first edition in the new year of 2020. Thank you to all of you out there for helping make uh, 2019 such a special year for all of us. And uh, here we are already on episode 10. And uh, I have to give all of you out there credit, especially those of you in the Growlers Nation uh, Facebook group. You guys, uh, I asked you for questions for today's very special guest, and you guys came through in droves, so this we're going to call basically a fan appreciation episode, where this whole thing is going to be driven by you folks and your questions. So without any further ado, let's bring in today's very special guest. He likes scoring goals and long walks on the beach from Granger, Indiana, Scott Pooley. Scott, thanks for jumping on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So we, I, I put out the, I, I hate pumping your tires because you don't need that, but uh, I put out the, the post on the Facebook group, Scott, and said, hey, we got Pooley on this week, let me know, and, and the floodgates opened up. It's like people were just waiting to send in their questions for you, so we're going to jump right in with one from Ashton Petten, and we're going to cover a lot of stuff today. We're going to talk a little bit about your junior career and about college, about your hockey family, about your experience in Newfoundland and the Growlerville segment, a whole lot coming up, and it starts with this one from Ashton Petten saying, Scott Pooley is my favorite player to ever put on skates at mile one loved watching you play last season and i'm soon getting your name and number on the back of my jersey what was your favorite experience from last season's playoffs so thank you very much ashton for the question and i know that's a a loaded question but of course we're going to start there obviously as reigning kelly cup champions our fans are never going to get sick of hearing about that now that we're into a new season, you've had uh, you know half a year to, to ha- soak it all in. Sum it up for us the the experience of winning the uh, the Kelly Cup here a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think winning was the the greatest moment for for all of us on the team last year. It was such a special experience and a special group of guys. It doesn't come around often, so to be able to kind of accomplish what we did, it was really special. And obviously, we knew what it meant. To, to not only us, but to the province as well, yeah. bringing a pro hockey championship after a few years of, of kind of getting close and, and not being able to go all the way through. It, the fans deserved it, and, and really the city and the province deserved it. So to be able to be a part of, of the group that kind of just was be able to bring that back to the fans was something I'll kind of be able to go with for the rest of my career and, and remember for the rest of my life. No, absolutely. And I will ask you this. What, was there a moment in your mind, and I've asked this, I think, on the first nine episodes to the other guests we've had as well, was there a moment in which throughout the season or even during the playoffs itself where you said, by gum, I actually think we're going to win this. Was there that moment? Obviously, the team was very good throughout last season, uh, throughout the regular season, but was there that one galvanizing moment that said, I actually think that we might be the best of the best here? Yeah, I mean, it's actually funny. One of my buddies, uh, Mike Barrett, who I played with in college, mm-hmm. uh, he texted me after we won saying congrats, and he was like, I got to find it, but I guess I sent him a message because he had played in Cincinnati the year before. Okay. And, uh, I guess I had sent him a message saying, hey, man, like, we're going to have a team in Newfoundland that's probably going to have a chance to win it all. And I think that was in, like, July. Um, but in July? Yeah. Before the team had ever been really locked in, yeah. you would set your buddy a text, oh, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to win. Yeah, I did. Um, Stop. I, I think we knew we had a special group from the beginning. Um, I think that Fort Wayne series 
Um, we were the three and three, and I went to overtime, and we we found a way to. I think we won two out of three. That's right. Five of six points. Yeah. The other one went to OT. That, too. that was a playoff type atmosphere. We always had confidence that we were going to win, but I think kind of after the first round, and then after we got through the second round as well, we were like, all right, like we got something special, and then really, I think going into Florida and getting those first two games on the road, we were like, all right, we're going to do this. This is real now. Um, not having really known who we were playing from the West, but I think our confidence after we got those two coming home, we knew we were going to finish that series off at home, and then we're flying high going in, and I don't think we really cared who we play. We knew we were going to win. That Fort Wayne series, did that have any extra meaning for you? Your father played for Fort Wayne. You're an, uh, an Indiana native. Did that one have a little extra in the tank for the for the yeah, Foley clan? Yeah, it was always it's always cool kind of playing. My dad played there. That's where my mom's from. He met my mom in Fort Wayne. I didn't yeah, know that. Um, so my dad played there. My uncle played there. Both of my I might have had two uncles play there. I can't remember if uh, my dad's brother played there or not. But so yeah, my my mom's sisters eventual husband played there my mom met my dad in fort wayne so yeah it was cool and it was kind of nice we went back there a few years ago they uh, i think believe retired or honored my uh, uncle wow um, so to get back there was cool and to kind of play them here it was a cool thing uh having my dad play there no kidding you know your father paul and we'll get into a question down the line uh, more about uh, him and your hockey family but i had no idea that is absolutely crazy uh we will move along from that question so thank you again to ashton petten for that i'm always good for any question that's going to allow uh, us to reminisce about the kelly cup from last season and we're going to move along this one uh from uh, a little uh, closer uh, to, to the room here. It's from Todd Skirt. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to give away who it is. It is from uh, uh, Todd S. Uh, saying, uh, do you practice empty netters in practice? Obviously, we know who this is from. And obviously, it's a little <laughs> bit of a chirp. But I'm going to ask it anyway, only because you did lead the league last year with seven. And you're tied for second this year uh, with three already in the uh, amount of games you have played. Uh, I will ask that question then at face value. Do, do you practice them, or is that how, how do you find your way to ten empty netters in a year and a half? And I'm sorry for asking. No, I think I practice them in a more of a joking manner, kind of at the end of drills or at the beginning of practice and stuff. Just kind of uh, mess around with dagger, and I'll put one in the corner or something, and say, "You think this is going in?" And then I'll shoot it, and he'll guess or not. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, you kind of just work on it as more of a fun thing. But I guess at the end of the day, that counts as practicing. Um, sure does. So, no, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a key situation in games. It can put teams away and stuff. So uh, I've been fortunate to be out there and get a couple looks at it, and they've gone in. Um, so, yeah, I guess I work on them <laughs> a little bit, but I don't I don't put too much thought into it. And something tells me Skurves is not asking because he wants an answer. No, Todd that, likes uh, making fun of me. Yes, I think he does. Now I'll ask you this as a, a tie-on to that question. Uh, in very recent memory, you scored a pretty uh, big empty net goal to pick up your fourth goal of the game there uh, against Worcester. Uh, is that the the biggest empty netter, I guess, uh, of uh, of your career? Yeah, I, I think it was. Cool. It's, a, it's a dumb question. Yeah, but play I, I, along. I don't think I ever really imagined scoring four in a game, let alone in professional. So uh, that was pretty cool, and I wasn't really sure if that last one counted, but I think they announced towards the end of the game, or I guess a minute or so after the game had ended, that they counted it. So. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and yeah. I didn't really realize there was that much time left on the clock, but I'm glad it went in. And that was a snipe for an empty netter, too. Just over center ice, you totally picked top right corner, too, where you, you were just trying to aim the net, but that, that was a pretty nice way to finish off a career night. Yeah, that was accidental. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to shoot it there. I just kind of went there, and <laughs> I'm glad I didn't miss the net. 
So thank you to T. Skirving, whoever that may be, uh, for the question here. And we're going to move right along uh, to a question from Michael Windsor, who asks, and this is pretty much unofficially uh, uh, a segment in the podcast every week, asking who on the team is the worst at Fortnite. So we will take a step back and ask, do you, do you play Fortnite? You a video gamer? Are you among the, yeah. the big contingent that uh, that loves dusting off the controller? Yeah, I enjoy uh playing a few matches here and there in my free time. Oh, worst player. I feel like a lot of guys might say me, but I don't feel like I'm that. Why would they say that? And, I don't and know. I, I think, think I've heard your name bandied about here once or twice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm the worst one. I, I, a lot of guys have switched over to Call of Duty. The new um, one. Yeah, the new Call of Duty. I've, I've stayed true to my roots and stayed with Fortnite. Um, I don't know. I would say Todd, but Todd's gotten a lot better. He's played on Geo's Xbox when, when Geo hasn't been playing. Okay. Um... I'm going to go with Marcus Power. That bad? Marcus has been a, a frequent nominee in this category, unfortunately, for Marcus. Yeah, I haven't seen him play in a while, but I, I hear I hear the chatter, and he doesn't sound like he's too uh, high up there on the leaderboards ever. Oh. So, um, yeah, I'll throw him under the bus. Okay. Uh, who's the best, maybe? Who's, whose game uh, is on point? We're talking building. We're talking sniping. We're, we're talking complete 60-minute uh, effort here. Who, who's got the best uh, chops in Fortnite? Honestly, I'm going to go with Darian Plouffe still. Ooh. That guy was unbelievable at Fortnite. That good, hey? Oh, he was good. I, Garrett Johnson's pretty good, so he's probably up there, but no one's topping Plouffe. Uh, he was something, he was next level good at Fortnite. Wow, okay, so shout out to current member of the Indy Fuel and former growler Darian Plouffe. Still getting the shout outs here from uh, the boys here in the Rock, and thank you to Michael Windsor uh, for that question. Actually, before we even move along, do you play anything else, or are you typically like a, a Fortnite uh, devotee, as yeah, it were? I usually play Fortnite. I, I play NHL a little bit. I got, uh, I managed to finally get a 99 overall version of myself for my ultimate team this year. Um, so you had to level yourself up, or did a, ver uh, a 99 no, I, version I, of yourself I, I exist? Got, I got, uh, I emailed, um, I emailed someone and got it sent to me. So what? I, I was really? yeah. So I was playing uh, Ultimate Team. I play Ultimate Team a little bit. It's kind of fun. I had a few people message me after the games like, "Who's Scott Pooley?" And <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know. Just got the card." And they're like, "I want that card." But uh, no, it's fun. But I usually just play Fortnite for the most part. But wait, I'm not over this. So you emailed someone at EA Sports to be like, "Hey, this card's around for me. I low key wouldn't hate to see it in, in land on my team." Here. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I don't know exactly if they're affiliated with EA Sports or, or not, but uh, I've seen on Twitter throughout the years guys who are in the game. You can get a 99 overall version of yourself. Uh, so if you're, if like, you're why in the not? game existing, yeah. So I figured, why not try it? And I ended up getting it, and it's pretty cool. I'll t I'm pretty fast. I, I'm a <laughs> I'll tell you what, a 99 overall player in NHL is a complete dominant player. <laughs> I don't doubt it for a second. Haven't uh, I just got it for Christmas myself, the new NHL? So I'll have to I'll have to send an email and see if I can get uh, the 99 Scott Pooley card. So thank you to Michael Windsor uh, for leading us into the video game discussion. And now we'll lead into a Growlerville question uh, from Curtis W. Hanlon asking Scott, "What's your favorite thing about the great province of Newfoundland and Labrador? You've had a a year and a half uh, through a handful of trips here uh, last season, this season. Uh, you were here for Leafs camp too, if I'm not mistaken." Uh, what do you love, or, or do you love, and what do you love about the great province of Newfoundland and Labrador? Yeah, I, I mean, I never have anything bad to say about it. Um, but if I had to pick probably my favorite, it would just be the people. Like, yeah. they're just, it's next level, just their kindness and generosity. And, and like, you'd be walking down the street, and you wouldn't even know someone, and they'll say hello or Happy New Year or, 
you don't really get that everywhere. So to kind of be able to experience that here and, and be welcomed, I know I'm speaking for a lot of guys on the team, if not everyone on the team, um, the past, this year and last year, uh, just the way we were welcomed yeah. by the fans and the community and, and everything. It, it, was, it made the transition really nice for a lot of us being out this far east for the first time. For sure. Um, it, it was a really cool thing to be welcomed and, and kind of experience that in the way we did, um, not only, for, like I said, from the fans, but just the community as a whole. Do you remember the moment when you learned, when you first learned about Newfoundland as a possible place to end up playing and, and starting your pro career? Was it when, you know, you were first signed with the Marlies and said, hey, maybe there's a chance I'll end up playing in the coast. Their affiliate is the, this new team. What was your moment where you're like, okay, I have to now Google Newfoundland? Yeah, I, I was with the Marlies on a, a tryout contract after, in about m middle of March, third week of March. Of the season before uh, last? Yeah, after I finished school, so two years ago now. Right. Um, and then talking to my agent um, when we were thinking about where if we wanted to sign back with the Marlies or if we wanted to go and look elsewhere, um, we had heard that the team was going to be moving to Newfoundland was no longer Orlando. Damn, um, no sunny yeah, place to start but, your program. Um, that really didn't discourage me because I had heard so many kind of great stories about Newfoundland back from the, the days of the Baby Leafs and the Ice Caps. That's right. Um, so it wasn't really a deterrent. By any means, so I guess that was kind of when I first heard about it, and then um, I, I obviously it was my goal to, to make the Marlies, but I, I knew there was a, a chance that I'd end up here. Uh, and that, like I said, I wasn't nervous or upset about that by any means. Like we knew that whoever was going to come down here was going to have the opportunity to do something special, like we did. Um, so I think it was more excitement to be able to kind of get that group together and be able to form a team like we did. That's a great answer, and uh, thank you again to Curtis Hanlon for jumping us into the Newfoundland conversation. So I, if, if I had to boil it down as someone who's from here, I would say the Newfoundland culture is defined in large part in very broad strokes by our food and our music and our people, which you have touched on. Uh, have you gotten to try much of in the ways of Newfoundland cuisine, the, the fish and chips and the, the, the seafood-driven dishes? Where, have, have you enjoyed some fish and chips while here? I'll, I'll ask you that very yeah. simply. Yeah, uh, we, we've gone to a couple places. I think Duke of Duckworth has been up there. They have really good fish and chips. I'm chip. pretty sure they're now an unofficial sponsor of the podcast because so many guys yeah. have said that. You no, know, I, I joke about it with people, but I, I really haven't had a bad meal in St. John's. It that doesn't, doesn't really, surprise It me. doesn't matter where we go. It might not always be the healthiest meal, but <laughs> it's tasty nonetheless. Good. We frequent, we, we love the sushi. I think we should have frequent flyer miles at Sushi <laughs> Island uh, for the amount we go there. No but, kidding. Um, no, uh, yeah, like to be able to kind of experience the different dishes. And I haven't tried cod tonics yet. Okay. I, I, I don't know. You know what? Hey, um, it's not my <laughs> taste. It's not my taste, and I'm from here. The texture is off-putting. I will tell you that, uh, but I, you got to try it. No, but it, it was nice. Um, I, I was gifted some uh, fresh cod from a, um, a family who come to the games. Really? Um, That's awesome. And then uh, I was gifted some uh, Newfoundland honey for Christmas, actually, um, from another um, family who come to the games. So it's kind of cool to be able to form a bond that way and, and get little gifts like that, um, something you might not be able to really experience or, or really know existed. So just little things like that. But, no, the food's unbelievable, the people are unbelievable, and obviously the music scene is second to none here. Yeah, have you, you've embraced the whole, whole Irish, uh, you know, style of music? Yeah, I enjoy it. I don't think anyone loves it more than Scurves. I agree. That guy <laughs> lives, breathes, and probably does everything else in between to Newfoundland music. Um, That's a fact. 
but no, I, I really enjoy the music, and, and I found myself in the summer kind of playing it here and there. And if I was going on a road trip, I might throw a, a playlist on or something like that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it was cool. Absolutely. How have you adapted to the the Newfoundland version of English? Because I'm sure you've noticed, uh, even in our Roma itself, with uh, a trio of Newfoundlanders uh, on the team again this year, uh, how are your yes buys coming along? You know, they still need some work. <laughs> I, I think I'm. Get- hey, you're honest. I think I'm getting there. Uh, no, it, it, it was kind of funny at first hearing the different dialect and, and accent, but um, I think we've become pretty accustomed to it now. The guys who were here last year, uh, especially with Parge, when when he kind of got talking in his Bonavista. Uh, yeah, the Bonavista accent. Bonavista twang. I couldn't. I no couldn't. Disrespect. I couldn't understand a word he said. He was. What would he say? He'd be like, something about like some mining to smarning. Tomorrow mining, anything a smile will be some mining the mining mile miners. I have no idea. I still can't say it without getting confused myself. Oh, um, that was good. But yeah, no, I I think it's kind of it's fun. I, I get a few people here and there I can't understand. I kind of have to just politely, smile and nod. Politely ask them that what what I'm they sorry, said. I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah, say pardon or excuse me. But um, no, it, it's it's definitely a different dialect. But um, I, I I understand it pretty well. Awesome, awesome. Thanks again to Curtis W. Hanlon for that one. Jillian Hillier asks, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not playing hockey? So I will uh, I will re-ask this in two ways. One, what do you do on your days off? And two, what do you like to do in the off-season? Because I know uh, that those activities can be different because we're not afforded a whole lot of downtime at home uh, and that kind of thing in the off se- or in the regular season. So uh, on an off day like today, when I let you scoot from this seat, uh, what, what are you going to do maybe this afternoon? Yeah, well, my girlfriend's still in town, so I'll, nice. I'll hang out with her. But uh, when she's not in town, just really hang out, recover. Um, I enjoy cooking, so nice. um, whether I go down to holidays right down the street oh. or... Uh, and pick, just pick something up for dinner, kind of go to the store and plan something out. I, I enjoy cooking and kind of putting a dish together. What's your go-to? What's the Scott Pooley signature dish? Still trying to figure that out, Bal. Okay, okay. Um, no, I, I do a lot of chicken, steak, like fish, just kind of cover it all. But, um, yeah, uh, I think in the summer um, I enjoy golfing. Yeah. I, I, I golf a lot, uh, both with my dad and my friends. Um, How's your game? Not bad. Yeah, what's, get, what's your get, handicap? What's your average score here? Probably between like 80, 83 and 88. That's a good day. Yeah, and there, if I can get a little more, I think I'm going to take some lessons this summer to learn how to drive the ball because it, it goes a long way, but it doesn't always go straight. So if I can figure that out, I'll be good. But no, golf, like in the offseason, golf, um, one of my good buddies from school, his family is from Chicago, um, and they have a lake house like 45 minutes from my house. So I go up there a lot and, and hang out with them. They've become like a second family to me so um yeah lake house golf kind of workout what's your best round on the golf course the day when it all worked i shot a 76 one day Oof! i I was just a putting machine that day yeah if you get the flat stick going low scores yeah i shot a 76 that's the best i've ever shot that's a good day that's a good day from from the tips yeah Oh, I was being sarcastic. Wow, good for you. You're a much better golfer than I am. (laughs) So with that, we'll move along to the next question, and thank you again to Jillian Hillier for that one. 
Morgan Stacy and Aiden Foley are asking very similar questions here, so I will ask them together. Uh, any funny stories or experiences since you've been with the Growlers and any notable travel stories? People love the behind-the-scenes stuff, the, the road stuff, the stuff that they're not going to see when buying their tickets or listening in to me online. Uh, what can you share? I know a lot of it we can't, but uh, what, what are some funny stories or something that you think the fans might enjoy? Um, well, I think one... I guess the story, we, we did a shootout today and the loser had to get a spray tan. Um, so last year on our Florida trip, we did it in Scurves last, so he had to go get a spray tan. Um, that was pretty funny. <laughs> How did he look with the tan? Honestly, we wished it was a little darker. He kind of got out He kind of got out a little lucky. But uh, no, it was still funny. I went with him actually to make sure he did it. And seeing You got to stay on top Seeing of him. him standing there in the booth, it was pretty, it was funny. Uh, it was, I, got a, I got a good laugh for a lot of the guys. So who lost today, and is the uh, punishment the same yeah, as it was? Yeah. Still pr- spray tan? Yeah, Vandy's got to get a... Uh, Dylan Van Der Esch. He's got to get a spray tan after the weekend, I believe. All right, so we'll, we'll make a few calls and make sure it's a nice uh, heavy layer uh, for, <laughs> for Dylan this year. So thank you very much to Morgan Stacy and Aiden Foley for that one. Uh, shout out to Sam Patterson in the Facebook group for asking several very good questions for you, and it'll start with this. Did playing in Fort McMurray, Alberta, prepare you for living in Newfoundland? And that question asked because you played your 2012-13 junior season with the Fort McMurray Oil Barons in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, When you were in Fort Mac, did you know that that was basically Newfoundland Junior, Newfoundland 2.0? I learned very quickly. I was with um, a billet family who were not from Newfoundland, and, and it was an okay situation. It wasn't the best. Okay. Um, so another family actually kind of took me in for some meals and stuff. Krista and Keith Fay, and they were from Newfoundland. I was going to say, that sounds like a Newfoundland family. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really thankful for them. And, and I, they, had the, they had a little bit of the, the Newfoundland accent, so at first yeah. it was kind of uh, like I had to like, figure out process what they were saying but no they they them and and a lot of other people that, that they were friends with and and that billet in, in fort mcmurray were from newfoundland and, and they were just the, the kindest people and awesome. wanted to do anything for us to make sure that not only we were comfortable like just as players but as our lives um, being there they yeah. they did everything they could and so it was awesome to kind of experience that i guess so in that regard yes it did prepare me i guess uh, for it coming did. to newfoundland just i think i had a little early early onset uh look into the uh the accents and and everything but it was it was funny um when I, I first came here last year i got a text from krista and and i feel like this is very relatable for a lot of people who, who are from here and live here but she gave me about five different restaurant recommendations and <laughs> told me i believe i don't know if she said her aunt or her cousin she was like someone lives close if you need anything like <laughs> let me know best. we'll reach out so um no it was cool and, and there's some some of the best people that I've really ever met. So, yeah, that was a really cool experience to kind of be able to uh, be there before um, coming here. No kidding. That's awesome. And uh, so we'll move on with uh, Sam Patterson's questions here. Uh, the second being your dad, Paul, was an amazing player at Ohio State and now an amazing coach at Notre Dame. Do you get a chance to talk to him often about your game? How does your relationship impact your decisions and playing style? Yeah, I, I think hockey is enabled my dad and I to really develop a, a cool bond that no kidding. Uh, a lot of people might not have. Um, he never really forced the game on me. He just always really supported me. And he said, if he said, I'll love you the same if you don't want to play hockey or if you do want to do whatever you want to do. Um, I think I've just always had that passion to play. So, um, yeah, we, we talk daily 
if not, or every Even other day. Even daily, because yeah. he's got a lot of hockey yeah. minds to craft here. Yeah, we, we, we find time to talk for five, ten minutes every day, whether That's it be great. in the evening or in the mornings or whatnot. Just whether it be hockey, he watches most of the games when he can. If we don't play, if he if we don't play on the weekends, like he'll watch weekday games. Um, just little things here and there, yeah. like he might see or things I can work on or, or look for. Um, so yeah, it's been cool to kind of, like I said, develop the the relationship we have through the game of hockey. And, and obviously that's both with him and with me. He asks questions all the time about our systems and everything. So I think I kind of have the ability to kind of help him learn um, just as much as he helps me at this point so it's really cool we just go back and forth with conversation asking each other questions and stuff it's really cool that's no kid what a neat relationship to have that's really awesome so that leads into our next question so if notre dame that's where he currently coaches plays ohio state that's where he went to school in a sport other than hockey and you're watching with your father who would you uh, both be cheering for probably the irish yeah, yeah. Why, why? No no allegiance to the Ohio State? Well, I mean my cousin plays there, my my dad and uncle played there together. Um I don't I think we just cheer for the Irish. It's it's where we've been since 2005. It's become home. Um and, and Notre Dame's a tremendous place. It's a special place, so to kind of see any team have success there, the whole Notre Dame community feels it. So it, it's really cool and something special to be a part of. There you go. Uh, easy question to answer for today's special guest, Scott Pooley. One more question coming from Sam Patterson, and this one I'm curious to know about myself as a, a jersey collector myself. So any old cool U.S. college jerseys then in your family's collection? I imagine there's a couple of shirts hanging up in the Pooley yeah, basement. There's a lot of them are hung in my closet, actually. I'm trying to think. Got to get them out of we there. Have, we have an old Providence one. They That's used to have cool. pinstripe jerseys. Those are nice. Uh, it's white with black pinstripes. Um, so I have one of those from his days coaching at Providence. When he got his jersey retired at Ohio State, he got a jersey. So there's one in a frame, and then we have another one. We have, I believe, three, two or three of the special jerseys Notre Dame's worn uh, for their outdoor games and whatnot. That's cool. Um, so those are cool to have. And then I have uh, my Holy Cross jersey and then a Marley's jersey and obviously my jersey from last year so that's where your jersey from uh from the cup finals from last season went went into the family basement back home yep good that's where it should be so thank you very much uh to sam patterson for that plethora of very good questions keep them coming uh, into the coming editions that's for sure cindy and mike stone are asking what would you tell future players if they were considering signing with the growlers a bit of a loaded question there but, uh, you know, let's say a buddy uh, was coming out of school from, from Holy Cross and said, hey, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I have a chance to sign with Newfoundland. Pools, what do you think? What would you tell, uh, you know, uh, one of your buddies who's trying to get in on this action here? I'd say do it. <laughs> Simple um, enough. No, I, like I said, this is really such a special place, not just from Newfoundland itself, but how we're treated as, a, as an affiliate of the Maple Leafs. Um, from top down, it's a, it's a first-class organization. And so to be able to not only be a part of that, but to be able to be a part of that while uh, getting to experience the, the culture and life and, and everything that Newfoundland and, and St. John's has to offer. Um, it, it's, a, it's kind of a, a really cool package all up in one and um, something I'm, I'm really grateful for and I've really enjoyed my time here. Awesome. So there you have it. Sydney and Mike Stone, he would tell them, get your butts to Newfoundland. It's a darn good place to live and play. Paul Loader asks, 
What's been the best game of your career to date in your mind? Both personally, I guess, in terms of production and with the team. And uh, he is uh, giving you some suggestions. Perhaps game six of the finals last season and your four-goal game here very recently. But uh, we'll go into part A of that question. What was the, I guess, the, the biggest output you've ever had in a single game? You ever have a game in college where you scored Six or seven, I, I don't know. No, I <laughs> I believe I had a game in college where I had five points. I had a goal and a four assists. Big game. Um, remember who you were playing? Yeah, we played against Sacred Heart. Um, we were at home. I think we were down 3 nothing or 3-1. to one. Okay. And then it was like 4-2, and we ended up winning. Or we ended up tying 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, so that was, that was fun. I think first and foremost, the team obviously winning the Kelly Cup. Um, that's been the coolest moment in my life. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of first championships, uh, like seeing Party being able to finally lift one. Right. That was a really special thing to be able to kind of be there for and, and seeing the fans and everything. I think individually, probably game two, the, the overtime in game two, to have the crowd that we did and just get the bounce. I did a lucky bounce. But Well, let's talk about it through the question of Rod Z, who asks, what's the most memorable goal you've scored as a growler? You had two in game two of the Kelly Cup Finals against Toledo. You had the, the first one in, to tie it pretty in the third period, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, and then the overtime winner. So, yeah, go ahead with your answer, I guess. Most memorable goal, the OT winner in game two of the finals? Yeah, I think that was the most memorable. I think, I mean, the first one was a great play by Matt Bradley. We were on the power play to start the third period and came around the net and threw it, and I kind of got on net as quick as I could and it went in, but... Um, anytime you can get an overtime winner in the playoffs, I think it's a pretty special thing, and, and that's probably the biggest goal I feel like I've scored um, in my time here and really in my career. So um, individually, I think the biggest goal would probably have to be that game two overtime winner because um, that game was really back and forth and, and could have went either way, and that, and that really changed the series. Um, heading back to Toledo up 2 nothing instead of 1-1 to was, was massive for us going into that environment. So, um, yeah, I'd probably have to put that one at the top. I've only watched the highlights from that finals like a thousand times, so forgive me if my memory is not the same. So I want to kind of pick apart that OT winner uh -huh. before we move on. You started to play with a shot from up high, yeah, and then they kind of played it on the left. Was it their defenseman who basically accidentally swept it back across to you? Because I didn't expect you to get a second shot on that play. Yeah, so I know when it started we had a turnover about right between the top of the circles and the blue line and I walked across the top and shot it and then it went to the point and I think it was Meller who put it down into the corner by the Zamboni door and I cycled it behind the net and was kind of it was um, I was coming back up and I think their D-man tried to clear it and Ellie made an unbelievable play to pick it off uh -huh. threw it to me on the far side from him from Ellie um, and then we had a quick two on one going to the net and I, I threw it to Geo. Uh, I think their D-man swept under his stick right. and kind of came right back to me and I, I threw it through the other defenseman's legs. and The goalie was moving. Yeah, he couldn't get back in time, so it kind of was a, a fairly open net at that point. Um, and luckily it got past the D-man. But, yeah, it was kind of just one of those broken plays and and you kind of just got to take advantage of the opportunity to get it, especially in overtime. And we were lucky enough to get a bounce and have it go in. Uh, but, yeah, it was obviously a really big goal for our team and it was really cool. Do you... In your mind, 
One of my favorite things about you as a player is is your energy uh, that you bring uh, when scoring goals and when celebrating them. Do you have like a go-to celly? Do you have one that's kind of like in the back pocket? Like my, one of my favorite all-time cellies is the old Danny Briere, the old kind of the, the knee drop, the kind of the scoop and, and fist pump. Do you have like a – what's the Scott Pooley signature celly? I think last year I kind of did that like swipe little thing that I did a bunch. Yeah. Um, I haven't done as much this year. I've kind of tried to keep a little more low-key. And Well, you haven't been scoring. I'm, of course, being sarcastic, <laughs> uh, given your numbers. But yeah, uh, no, you've, you're, you've got all kinds of opportunities. you got to try out something new here. Anything, yeah. anything you're working on? No, not really. <laughs> Just kind of I've, I've gotten some nice bounces and some lucky bounces this season. So I've been fortunate to have some shots go in. But, no, uh, I think it's been fun. I don't really think about it too much. I think just kind of in the moment if I – if it's a big goal or the energy is in the building, yeah, you kind of just go with it. But, um, no, I, I really don't overthink it. I think sometimes you just like to have fun with it and get For the fans sure. involved. So, When when you scored the, the hat trick goal down here, was, was that what you were doing? You were taking off your hat in, yeah. in that cell? I liked that. I couldn't really see down here in the far end. That's what you were doing? You were tipping your hat for the hat trick? Yeah, I didn't get any hats, though, Bell. I was a little surprised, but at the same time, I wasn't even sure who it was who got that no, one. So I, I'm not, I have no place to defend no, the fan base. No, not but, at all. Uh, it's not hey a man, big you deal. Know, people people want to keep a hold of their hats, Scott. They're, I, you know, I don't they're blame good. them. Half the people them. in this building are wearing uh, those expensive Kelly Cup championship hats. I'm not throwing mine over. No, I don't blame them. It was obviously, it was kind of a, I, it was a lucky <laughs> recipient. I surged shot out on net and Colt tipped it and then just kind of slid it over to me and I had the easy nice job. Nice pass, though. Yeah, it was an awesome play. And I, like I said, I was just kind of the lucky recipient and I just had to put it in the back of the net. Um, so no, it was cool, and obviously it was it was a good good first two games back from break for our team. No, absolutely, and we'll move on to the last question I have here for you from Ryan Ag, asking: Having played uh, recently at both the ECHL and American Hockey League levels, what would you say is the biggest difference and the biggest similarity? Start with the similarities. What do you see in the way that you know we play the game here in the ECHL that makes it easy to make the jump to the American Hockey League? I think. I don't know how it is in every organization, but within Toronto's organization, we all play the same systems. Right. So to be able to kind of hone in on the de de the details, excuse me, of the the systems here and be able to go up and kind of be able to go right in and not have to learn anything new per se. It's like a plug and play situation. Yeah, that's probably the the biggest similarity is just the systematics, and then I mean, difference. It's just a little bit faster. Obviously, you have to you have a little bit less time with the puck, and, sure. and that's how it changes every level you go up. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's just you have a little bit more consistent players and I think that's the biggest thing um, with the guys in the NHL is their consistency and they do it right night in and night out and and I think you see a lot of the same thing in the American League because a lot of those guys either are close to the NHL or have been in the NHL or are about to go to the NHL yeah so um, yeah I, I think it's obviously I, I enjoyed my time up there and, and I enjoy my time here so wherever I wherever I end up I, I just make the most of my situation and and continue to play the way I play. Yeah, the longest stint, uh, from my understanding, of uh, your pro career uh, already earlier uh, this season and many long ones uh, to come, I'm sure. What did you take away from this specific stint uh, around uh, your longest amount of time with our American Hockey League affiliate? Kind of what, uh, was, what was that trip in particular? Trip. That one stint, stint, if you will, what was uh, that like for you? Yeah, I think it just gave me confidence, showing me that I'm on the right path with, with the play, the way I take care of myself kind of all-inclusive just really coming back I had a little bit more confidence in myself and my abilities and, and the little things that I can do obviously you pick up little plays and watching those players and, and playing with those players you see little things they do and you try and incorporate into their game but 
I, I think the biggest thing for me coming back, just coming back with confidence and, and knowing that I'm good enough to, to be there and Absolutely. and knowing coming here that I can play my game and, and obviously become a complete 200-foot player um, and do that night in, night out, and that'll help me get back. Did it make it easier to go up there on a whim, knowing that you had a couple of former teammates from here in Newfoundland from last season and, and Rubes and, uh, and Ellie uh, up there? Does that make it easier? And I know you know a lot of other guys up there too. It's not just a room full of strangers and two guys saying, hey, mm -hmm. come sit with us at, at our table. But uh, does that make it any easier, knowing you know the second year in the organization, a few familiar faces, uh, both former growlers and uh, guys you've been to a handful of camps with? Yeah, I think it's always nice going up with being this, my guess, second full year but kind of second and a half yeah being able to be up there a little bit when they won uh two years right. prior they won the calder and then last year and like you said i, w I was up in toronto for a, a good portion of the summer training with a lot of those guys That's so right. um yeah there was obviously some new faces but a lot of familiar ones including the coaching staff and ownership and everything um so yeah i think it's nice to go up there and kind of like you said have familiar faces and you're not going in kind of blind and not knowing anyone it makes the transition a lot easier but um no toronto like I said, is a top-notch top -notch organization, and they and they do a really good job of kind of incorporating guys in right away and, and welcoming you when you come up. No, absolutely. So thank you to Ryan Ag for that question, and a few more before we let Scott go here for the day. And we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about this year's squad. Obviously, I don't like to date the podcast too much by getting into specifics, but uh, things going. Uh, Seemingly well for the Growlers at this point as we enter the unofficial second half here, the first games of January ahead. What's going well for the Growlers right now? Yeah, I think we, again, have a really offensive group um, where, where we're continuing to work on our defensive game and working out those details. Um, I think everyone can always get better at that, and, and everyone will agree with that. Um, but, no, I, I think we showed on that New Year's Eve game that we, we have the ability to win games. We, we didn't really play to our standards by any means, especially in the first 40 minutes. And, and I think in that final 20, we kind of found a way to make a push and and found a way to win a game. So, um, like I said, I don't think we've always played our best, but we have a team that can score and score a lot. So um, we, we're never feeling like we're out of a game. Absolutely. Uh, by any means. And like I said, I, th I think we do have a special group again. And we just got to continue to work on those little details that all kind of help us start faster and, and finish games more. Sounds like a plan to me. And that sounds like uh, all of the questions we have for episode 10 of the Growlers Nation podcast. Many thanks to today's special guest, Scott Pooley, for jumping on the mic. Scott, uh, best of luck uh, here in the second half of the season. Uh, and again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And thanks for all the questions, everyone. Yes, thank you to everyone in the Growlers Nation Facebook group for not only uh, sending in their questions here, uh, but for making this podcast possible week after week. I'm Chris Ballard, play-by-play -play voice of your Newfoundland Growlers. You can join me all season long on Mixler.com slash NL Growlers and on ECHL TV. And with that, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Growlers Nation podcast with Chris Ballard. Follow the Growlers all season long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NL Growlers. Listen live to all 72 Growlers games on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com slash NL Growlers.